This is a time for children this morning. I want to invite all the kids who are here to come forward for our time together this morning. Good morning. Oh, come up here. Find a place. Welcome. Now, we don't squish people. How are you? You good? Good morning. It is. You got to do double church today, huh? That's good. Welcome. I'm glad you're here this morning. Come on up. Oh, my goodness. Well, kids, this is the time of year when I think a lot about seasons. And we have a season that our table is adorned and decorated for this morning. Can you see our beautiful table behind me? Yeah. Yeah? What, what would you guess it's decorated for? Fall. For fall? For Thanksgiving? For Yeah. Yeah, for fall and for Thanksgiving. It is a season for giving thanks. It's a season for a lot of things. Sometimes about this time of the year we call it the holiday season because there are so many holidays coming up pretty quick and Thanksgiving isn't far behind us. And to help with that, to help with that, we have these. Did, now some of y'all got these. You brought yours today or you got them off the board. Yes, you did. Maybe you have one at home that you got a couple weeks ago at children's time. If you don't have one yet, you too are invited to get one today. But speaking of seasons and Thanksgiving and fall when things are changing, this is a time when we give thanks. Have you ever used these before? Yes, yeah, some of you have. I'll, I want to show you. Because something interesting happens in our house when we use these. When we start up using these in my house, it kind of goes something like this. We start off maybe thanking God for the day. And then we usually start naming people that we're thankful for, like our family. For Margaret, for Bennett, for Mom and Dad. If we've seen other family today, like Uncle Michael or Grandma and Pappy, we might name them too. Maybe we've been to school or to Sunday school or choir and we give thanks for those people. And then, after we kind of give thanks for people, we might give thanks for some things that we can see. Like, I might give thanks for this church. Or, if we've been to school that day, for our school. Or maybe for our home. Maybe for the food that we shared. Maybe we went outside that day and we give thanks for the playground or the park. And then you know what happens? Somehow, here, don't slip. We start giving thanks for things that we can't even see. Maybe we give thanks, maybe it was Wednesday and we went to choir, and we give God thanks for music. Maybe we went outside that day and we give God thanks for the fresh air. Maybe we give God... Oh, did you have one, Cooper? Maybe we could uh, give thanks to God for, um, for the things we do for art, like, like the things that we make for Yeah, yeah, for the things that you create, for things that you make, for things that you do. Oh, I love that. Maybe we give thanks because... Hmm. Maybe we were sick that day and somebody took care of us. Or, 
Maybe, maybe somebody else was hurting and we took care of them. Oh, so many things. Well, I brought a box with me today. Well, actually, I didn't bring it. Miss Laura Watkins brought it. The seventh and eighth grade class at our church brought it. And in here are some things that they are thankful for. And you know what? This is going to be a blessing for another kid. I don't know which kid. I probably won't ever meet them. This is part of Operation Christmas Child. And in this box are things that we give thanks for too. Some things that we need. Toothbrushes. Some soap. There's toothpaste and a hairbrush in here. Things that we need. Little things, but such important things. Yes, Cooper? You're doing it too with your scouts? Then there's some things, oh, that are just going to bring them joy. Yeah, there's a little puppy. Do you know that, you see how much joy it brings you? It's going to bring some kid on the other side of the world joy too. Oh, pencil sharpener. I think there's some pencils in the bottom. This box must be for a little girl too because there's dress-up jewelry and there's a doll. And there's some really cute socks with hearts on them. Oh, and things to bring joy. Little things. Little things that are going to bring so much joy and so much hope and so much life. These are things that we're thankful for. And so maybe on your prayer beads, when you do them today, you're going to give thanks for the people you know and love. And for the places you go. Oh, sorry. We're trying to sneak the puppy out, Laura. For all the places you go and the things you have. But sometimes we give things for people and places that we can't even see. For children who live far away for the blessings that they're going to receive, and for the love that's been shared. For the love. Look, mine has a heart on it. What does yours have on it? Cross. That's a big old symbol of love. We give thanks for all the love and all the ways it's got shared. You had two. Where'd they go? We'll have to find them. I'll fix them for you, okay? All right. Let's give thanks. Can we give thanks? Can we get a hand? And we're going to give thanks right now. And we'll say, dear God, we give you thanks for all the people, for all the places, for all the loving things. We give thanks this day. Thank you for loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen? Amen. You're a blessing, boys and girls. We've discovered we need a prayer bead repair.
and Pastor Caroline starting the workshop. Casey, why don't you go sit with Pastor Caroline and she can help you. This is the first Sunday of our stewardship emphasis. Um, as we um, prayerfully consider and prepare for our um, ministries and outreach in 2017. Um, and our theme for this is with a grateful heart, remembering the blessings that we have received as a people of God, recalling to mind all that we have to give thanks for. And so we are going to begin with considering some verses from the third chapter of the letter to the Colossians. We're in chapter 3, and we're going to begin reading at verse 12. Listen for the word of God. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Who in here uses a to-go coffee cup? Who in here is particular about your to-go coffee cup? So, some years ago, my to-go coffee cup was this tall metal thing, and for a while it had a handle, and it was lined in metal, so it would keep my coffee nice and hot, and it had this light blue um, screw-on plastic lid. Um, And the morning just didn't feel right. Walking, I mean, unless I had that coffee cup in my hand walking out the door um, to go enter my day. Just didn't feel right. And over the years, it took a few dings and that kind of thing. I remember that the handle busted off because I think I left it on top of my car when I was getting in the car. And, um, and then, you know, pulled out. Um, of the driveway and then there it went on the ground and I heard this ding and I thought what is that and I got out and the handle had busted off my coffee cup but other than that it was fine and I kept using it oh yeah I mean the coffee was still in it a little bit had spilled out but it was still good um and um 
So a few years ago, I, I was serving another church, and so it was Sunday morning. It was between Sunday school and worship, and I was walking down the hall, and I had my special coffee cup in my hand. Um, and so I went to round a corner and somehow banged into the corner, and it knocked the coffee cup out of my hand, and the plastic lid cracked in half. I can't tell you how long I actually tried to Google replacement cups, I mean, got, lids, for, for my particular coffee cup. Of course, I couldn't find anything. And I felt out of source for weeks. And I finally was able to find another um, to-go coffee cup, which I'm still using. It's back there in the sacristy right now. Um, but my day does not feel right unless I use this particular coffee cup. It's like the whole order of the day gets disordered. Right? Consider your morning routine. What it is that you do to get ready for your day that you just can't do without. It might be, as my husband likes to do, having on the Weather Channel. You know? It might be scanning the headlines. You know, on your phone or um, in the Dallas Morning News or whatever newspaper you like to read. Um, there's any number of things that we do in the mornings that kind of order our day so that we can then walk out the door, you know, feeling like we are prepared and that we can enter the world, whether it be for work or for school or whatever the primary activity is going to be. We can enter the world um, feeling like we're people of reasonably goodwill and that we have integrity and that we're prepared. But what if you walk out the door and you get in the car and you realize you're a mile or two away from house and that you left your cell phone? Or you forgot to put on your watch? Or you forgot to put on your wedding band? I've got a little ring holder that my engagement ring and wedding band always sit on and it's the last thing I do before I leave the house is put those on and pick up my to-go coffee cup And go out the door. And if the order of that is off, well, I'm sorry, my day's just messed up. The writer of this letter, this letter that's attributed to Paul, may have been written by one of Paul's disciples, was writing to this little Colossian church which apparently was undergoing some type of conflict. And he is entreating them to remember who they are and how to deal with the conflict. And he speaks about it in terms of clothing oneself. Right? In the early verses in the chapter, chapter 3 talks about Um, that our baptism is the clothing that we put on as the people of God. And he beseeches everybody to, to clothe themselves with humility and with compassion. I think Wednesday morning, some of us forgot to put on our clothes. Maybe there was a little item that was left off in the order of the morning's preparation. 
I, I don't know about you, but I've been kind of stunned to see the reaction. doesn't matter which side. Um, but it seems like to me we've got an awful lot of people who are walking around missing some very key pieces of clothing, especially as people of God. Now, conflict, of course, has resulted. And I think as a culture, in a weird way, we tend to be kind of conflict-averse. And because we tend to be conflict-averse, then it kind of seeps out in other ways. But my friends, as people of God... As disciples of Jesus Christ, we live as human beings in a world in which you get people together and conflict is going to happen. And what we do with that conflict as people of God matters. It's not that we skirt around it. But how we deal with the conflict, how we deal with disagreement, the words we use, what we clothe ourselves with, matters. One commentator puts it this way. I couldn't put it, have figured out a way to put it better. He says this. While it is true that this epistle to the church at Colossae is a deeply felt entreaty, it would be a mistake to read these admonitions as a first century call to civility, something kind of like, y'all play nice. The mission the writer calls the church to entails a disciplined pattern of redemptive life together. That life together can be redemptive. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other, binding us to each other, such work is not for the faint of heart. This is not conflict avoidance advice. Forget putting on a happy face and accentuating the positive. This text is about what to do when bare-knuckled emotional brawls break out. My friends, I think we're there. And what we do now, what we say now, matters. So how do we do this? How do we clothe ourselves with humility and with compassion and with righteousness when we aren't feeling that way? How do we do that? And I think that we have a clue in the letter. And it requires using memory. (laughs) And this is going to sound circuitous, forgive me, but we're, you know, dealing with the epistles, which can also be circuitous. Using memory to remember who we are, how we are blessed, and what we have to give thanks for. Stop and think about the people you argue with the most. They're the people you love the most, right? The people you're in the most intimate relationships with, whether it be your spouse, whether it be a child, 
whether it be a mom or a dad, stop and think about in the heat of an argument, if you count to five and you step back and say, I thank God for you, it changes the whole tenor of the interaction. Stepping into a space of memory, of remembering how we are blessed and what we have to give thanks for can change everything. And in fact, I think it gives God more to work with in working with us. And so as we think about ordering our days and ordering our lives, I think that there's another little thing that we can add to our routine to help us remember and to give thanks. And it's these little prayer beads. Say you're watching the news and you feel your blood pressure start to go up. What if you have these sitting there on the coffee table and you pick them up and you start? I give thanks that God loves me. I give thanks that God loves him or her. I give thanks that I have been given a life. I give thanks that he has been given a life or her. I give thanks that we live in a country where we can vote. I give thanks that Jesus loves me, that Jesus loves fill-in-the-blank, whomever. I give thanks for the gift of breath, for the gift of blood coursing through my veins, for the gift of life, and then we can start over again. It's astounding what giving thanks can do. It can reframe our entire day. It can reorder our entire lives. For my friends, there's nothing we deserve. Everything we have, our lives, is a gift from God. And as the people of God, we are called to give thanks. It changes everything. Amen.